0: with the values that were driving his life. And as the Son of Man give us a pattern or a way in which we're supposed to live our lives. And I want to talk to you tonight for a few moments on the subject of spiritual energy. And I know that um, a lot of us in our lives need some energy. Can I get an amen? And uh, the normal places where we would look for energy whether it's an exercise regimen, a change in diet, or just a a, uh, a load of caffeine and energy drinks and five hour energy, those kinds of energy, uh, things can give you a little bit of energy to just kind of keep in motion, but they don't give you the right kind of motivation and desire that you need. And that comes from spiritual things. So I want us to, uh, um, we'll say a word of prayer, and we'll sit down, then I want us to read a couple scriptures in your hearing. Uh, that will give direction to where we're going tonight Jesus we thank you for this group gathered together to honor you tonight Lord and to draw close to you with praise and worship thank you for your presence that we feel here tonight Lord God thank you for meeting with us thank you Jesus for all your blessings Lord God thank you for your provision thank you for healing Lord thank you for the cross of Calvary hallelujah where you paid the price for all of us Lord Jesus we thank you Lord God for this chance to gather together with other believers in the name of Jesus we pray and everyone set Amen. amen. Everyone said, thank you for air conditioning too. Praise God. Amen. God bless. You may be seated. Second Corinthians chapter number four and uh, verse 16. Second Corinthians chapter number four. There are three verses basically, uh, that I want us to look at tonight to, uh, sort of give us the, uh, scriptural foundation for what I want to teach tonight and what I feel the Lord directing me to teach Second Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 16 scripture just came alive to me the last couple days the Bible says for which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day The Bible says there's an outward man and there's an inward man. Everybody got that so far? The Bible says the outward man perisheth. The outward man is subject to fatigue, age, disease, so forth. But the Bible says though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Look at verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Isn't that interesting? I, I, you ever noticed that before? It's almost like a riddle. It's saying, don't look at the things you see, look at the things you don't see. (laughs) Does that kind of sound strange? Don't look at the things you see, look at the things you don't see. Because the things you see are temporal. They only last for a while. The things which you can't see are eternal. So the Bible here, the Apostle Paul is talking about two different worlds. The inward or the invisible world. The outward and the visible world. A lot of times we want to focus on the outward or that which can be seen. But the Apostle says, focus on the inward which cannot be seen. Because in the inward part are things that are eternal. Secondly, I want you to look in the book of Romans. It's just a few pages prior to where you are, probably about 12 pages before. Maybe only eight or nine, depending on your Bible. But Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the Bible says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. This is talking again about the inward man. Everybody say inward. The inward man, the invisible part. Now, I know I I mentioned before, but uh, I just want to ask them. I don't want you necessarily to respond, but I'm just asking the question. Is anybody really tired? And anybody from time to time kind of feels sort of overwhelmed and, and lacking in energy? As so I said, I want to talk to you tonight about spiritual energy. The kind of energy that you need. The kind of energy that really makes a different difference. Now the Bible here, when it talks about the inner man, it's talking about the spirit man. The inside. The one that's private. The one that cannot be seen. This is the spirit man that is renewed day by day. Now a lot of people see the importance of spirituality and i want to talk about spirituality for a moment because uh even non-christians people that don't believe in jesus christ recognize that there is a value to a focus on spiritual things now let me start by saying this i think we can all agree that in order to be successful at anything whether it's to be a successful parent or have a successful career or be successful in marriage or in ministry. Any of these things that we might want to be successful in, it requires energy. Is everybody with me right now? You, you, you can't be a good parent by laying around. Can I have an, a mama that will give me an amen? You can't, be, you can't have a good marriage and be a good marriage partner just without any effort or without any energy being expended. It takes energy to be a success in any area That is important. You can't lay around and become a success. Wow, that's profound, isn't it? Somebody ought to tweet that. (laughs) Now, when we think of the energy that's needed for success, we usually think about the physical energy that we need or the physical capacity to get things done. And I think it's really, really important that we pay attention to some disciplines to make sure that we have physical energy. I could preach a whole sermon on that. I'm not going to, but I think it's important what you eat. It's important that you get the right amount of sleep. It's important that you exercise and you have good habits in your life so that you'll have physical energy. Do you believe that? Do you agree with me? I think it's important. I think it's something that we neglect at times. And uh, uh, the Bible talks about our bodies being a vessel or like a piece of, of pottery that's used to pour things into. And if that vessel is not taken care of, it'll crumble and fall apart and it's of no use. And so our outward man does need some attention and physical energy is important in success. However, the quantity of energy we have is based on our physical capacity, but the motivation or the desire or the thrust to spend the energy that we have is a spiritual issue. You can have energy but no motivation you can have physical capability but no desire so you may be what do you mean by this being a spiritual issue the motivation being a spiritual issue spiritual energy what i've come to talk to you tonight about is a force for action in all aspects of our life what causes us to go into action is not physical energy. Physical energy is what we spend to do what we do. But what causes us or motivates us or thrusts us into action is, is the spiritual energy. And it is the most powerful source of motivation. It's the powerful source of perseverance. And it's the powerful source of direction in a person's life. Not your physical energy, but your spiritual energy. Now when I say spiritual, most people... Automatically begin to think in terms of religious Spiritual means religious right spiritual religion But I want to break it down to more simple and elementary terms That can maybe help you understand what I mean by spirituality common elementary term spirituality is simply the connection to deeply held a a deeply held set of values and a connection to a purpose that is beyond our self-interest this is what spirituality is in a broad sense so success and effective performance in any area of life has to be ignited by spiritual energy something that comes from the inside something that is on the inside and spiritual energy is fueled by things like character what is character character is the courage and the conviction to live by our values even when living by our values requires personal sacrifice and hardship but we're still gonna live by our values that's what character is everybody with me now character is not saying the right things at the right time character is not being able to convince a lot of people that you got the right answers Character is living by your values even when it requires personal sacrifice and Hardship and so this thing called spiritual energy is also fueled by passion things of the heart commitment Integrity honesty these are the core Issues of the inner man and without spiritual energy life lacks meaning and it lacks motivation If someone lacks spiritual energy they may be healthy they may be talented they may have a lot of things to offer but if you lack motivation why even get out of bed in the morning you understand what I'm saying some of you know what I'm talking about because you asked yourself that question this morning why even get out of bed in the morning and without This thing called spiritual energy, you may be on a diet, you may be jogging three miles a day, you may have a sense of well being in terms of your physical body, but without spiritual energy, life becomes mundane. It becomes blah, it feels empty. Are you guys still with me? This is what happens when there's no spiritual energy a life that's empty. A life that's empty. Now, one of the great questions that human beings ask is what is the meaning of life you know, obviously we've all heard this before what is the meaning of life well, let's go down a step further and say what is a life we're here at life church right so it'd be good to know what a life is now when we look through the bible through the old testament it is a collection of stories of people's lives right how they interact with God, how they interact with other people and the stories of these great individuals, these Bible stories, like the story of Moses, a man who was miraculously saved by his mother and then through an act of providence ends up being raised in the home of the Pharaoh. And then uh, uh, in his late adolescence, early twenties, whatever it was, he rises in vengeance to protect one of the slaves that he felt a connection with. Because somehow he knew of his beginnings and he was sent out to the backside of the wilderness then he comes back in. God directs him to set his people at liberty from, uh, uh, from Egypt and then he leads them through the wilderness through a lot of trials. God gives the law. This is a fascinating story. The story of Abraham, a man that God called out of his homeland to a promised land, gave several promises to him, tested his faith with his son Isaac at uh, Mount Moriah. A man named David, a young shepherd boy whose fascinating passion for worship got the attention of God. And this shepherd boy who genetically had no right to the throne but had every right to the throne because he was from the tribe of Judah, whereas Saul was from Benjamin. But he ends up uh, being anointed by the prophet. And But between the anointing and uh, the uh, uh, crowning of king, he goes through a time of severe trial and hardship. These are fascinating life stories. Would everybody agree? I mean, they make good stories. They make good Sunday school stories. They make good... Christian movies you know what I'm saying they just make good stories the story of Esther the story of Joseph what a fascinating story my question is what is your story what is your story some people have this concept of God's will that they're like some kind of a puppet or like an animated figure that God directs every one of our steps and in some kind of sense, everything is so preordained, and such that we don't have any choice in the matter. We're just kind of living like uh, just running along a track, and fate is taking us to where we're supposed to go. But but I like to believe I like to believe it differently. I like to believe that God, when He gave us our life, He gave us a big blank piece of poster board, and He gave us. 64 color pencils or markers, whatever you prefer, and, or a big piece of butcher paper and, and some paints, all different colors. And he said, this is your life i want you to figure out what your story is going to be and what the story of your life is going to be have at it uh, live a life of adventure live a life of meaning and when we get to the end you can pin up the picture and we can see that it was a good life because a good life is a good story it's a story that makes a difference now uh, m- most of you know that uh, i was an english teacher at one point and so I did study literature and I remember, some of you may remember from high school or college when they told about how to tell a good story or how to write a story or a narrative they would call. This is a story that could be made into a play. Anybody remember Shakespeare? Or if I'm not connecting with anybody, it could be made into a movie or a sitcom. It's a story. Everybody with me? It's a story. And uh, I remember learning that a good story includes a plot, and the plot has a conflict, it has a climax, and it has a resolution, and uh, these different parts of a story. But to really simplify it, I think we can all agree, after you hear me just think about it, that every good story has these basic elements. It has a main character, the hero, who through the process of time begins to desire something greatly... And desires to obtain that and in his desire to obtain this he is forced to overcome certain obstacles and hardships in order to accomplish or obtain his or her goal every good story every good play every good movie is basically this if you think about it your person who wants something really bad has to overcome hardships adversity and then at the end at the climax through all the tough times, the, the uh, antagonists, the foils, all of that in the story, they end up accomplishing their goal and you leave after putting the book down or turning off the, 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 the uh, movie. You say, wow, this was great. Almost every great movie or novel has this basic pattern. But I've wondered about this. Have you ever heard people say before, well, life has no meaning some melancholy person that's like depressed or whatever it seems like life has no meaning anybody heard that am i the only one that's heard that you know life has no meaning now what if what if someone went in and uh they watched a movie or somebody got a novel and they read this novel they spent their time and they got to the end of the novel final page and shut it and they said this book was terrible so they said i hate books or they walk out of the movie that movie was boring and uninspiring i hate movies that's probably not what's going to happen right i mean you would say you hate movies don't you mean you just hated that movie you hate books don't you mean you just hated that book because that book wasn't inspiring or that book didn't have a lot of meaning And people say life has no meaning. My my response is no. Maybe your life has no meaning. Maybe that's the problem. Could you imagine somebody working to to create this movie or this drama, this novel, about this person who was raised, and while they're growing up, they fall in love with fine automobiles. And through the process of time, they have this dream and this ambition that they want to own a Mercedes Benz. And so through the process of time, they study hard, they get a good job, they work hard, they face obstacles at school, they go through hardships on the workplace, and finally, finally one day, that main character studies hard, works hard, saves, overcomes opposition, until one day he finally obtains the Mercedes Benz. And as the credits of the movie are rolling, he drives out of the dealership in his new car. And you're like, dude, that is a boring movie, right? I wouldn't want to watch that thing would you see the problem is many people's lives lack meaning because they're pursuing after inferior goals based on lack of values and lack of inner motivation they're living after the outward man and they forgot about the inward man people without spirituality tend to burn out and tend to wonder at the meaning of life when money doesn't satisfy when positions and possessions and popularity prove to be unfulfilling and uninspiring eventually and they burn out and they flake out see this is your life and god is giving you the opportunity to make it exciting and to make it meaningful to live a hero's life amen To have a search for meaning and for purpose. Uh, Something has to happen to awaken us to the need for change. Sometimes it's discomfort and sometimes it's pain. And sometimes it's going through a difficult time to wake up and realize, Hey, I want to live a life that's not boring. And I don't come to the end of it and say that was meaningless. uh, And what was the purpose for it? Amen? Is there is a call to adventure. I'm wondering if someone would be willing to accept it. You weren't called to live ordinary most of you aren't satisfied being ordinary in your job or ordinary in your marriage being an ordinary parent ordinary is not enough i want you to get your markers out and start making a life that is exciting that's meaningful the way that this has to happen is you've got to reconnect with your spirit man because we become so overwhelmed by things happening on the outside that we lose touch with our values and the things that matter. See, you can live a life that's led of the Spirit because God is always talking. Amen? Amen. There is a life of adventure that God has for you if you were led by the Spirit. But so much of us are led by so many other things, uh, physical, fleshly, worldly things that get our attention, whether it's the pursuit for riches or, or notoriety or popularity, whatever it is that gets a hold of us. But the thing that makes a life meaningful is being led by the Spirit. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God the whole concept of the kingdom of god is this uh, is there is something in the world that's bigger than you that's bigger than your life something worth investing in that's bigger than yourself there has to be this inner light this inner man that is alive and giving us inspiration and giving us direction an empty life is a life without deeper values And without values that are the leading principles in our life. These values that I'm talking about in the inner man that we are so quick to ignore. These values are the very thing that give us stability during adversity. Because if you live very long, the wind is going to blow. And if you live very long, storms are going to come through your life. If you live very long, you can go through some tough times. Amen. Now, some of you smiling at me and, and uh, uh, some of you haven't been through anything yet, especially when, we're you, when you're younger. You know, it's like life's always going to be cool, man. I'm always going to feel good. I'm always going to be looking good. Everybody's always going to be my buddies and life's going to be cool. And it's cool breezes and a uh, bed of roses type stuff. And then you hit adversity. And the reality is when you go through times of adversity, you need Your inner man to be connected you need values In the inner man I don't know if you remember this tree right next to the church here outside this window I came to church one day after a storm And uh, that tree was laying over on its side anybody remember that and then we had to kind of prop it up I know brother donnie remembers that but uh, Because uh, he had to come out and help prop it up, but the tree fell over Why did the tree fall over? It's very simple. The tree fell over because when the storm came, its root system was not down in far enough. It wasn't connected good enough. In order to stand up during adversity, trees need a deeper root system. And many people in life lack roots. What do you mean by roots? I mean firm beliefs and compelling values. Firm, established beliefs and compelling values values that's what allows you to stand during the storm and the people that i have the most admiration for in life are not the people who everything seems to be going perfectly for but it's people that i watch go through a storm and i watch their faith stand solid and it causes me to realize these people are not putting on a show there's something underneath there there's something real there's something deep there there's something connected and rooted there and uh, if we lack a strong sense of purpose, we won't hold our ground when challenged by life's storms that are coming. And they will come. But purpose is a unique source of energy and power that comes from the inner man. And, and we remember studying and reading together the purpose-driven life that showed us about how, how important purpose is to moving our life forward. And uh, powerful transformation and a grasp of purpose happens in a person's life when they can shift their focus from taking care of problems, filling deficits, and fixing things to cultivating deeper values and defining a vision for themselves. Things can begin to transform and change. And some people say, well, I want to change my life. I got to take care of this detail. And i got to take care of this thing. And i got to do a better job of taking care of this little problem in my life. But really, that doesn't bring about transformation. That just brings about more busyness. But real transformation takes place when we decide, I need to cultivate some values. I need to define a vision for my life. I need something to happen on the inside. I need the inner man to be renewed. Amen. And that purpose from the inner man can become a more powerful source of energy, can become a difference maker when it moves from being externally motivated to internally motivated. What are external motivations? External motivations are the desire to get more of something we feel we don't have enough of, something from the outside. I want. I want. A nicer vehicle. I need more money. I don't feel like I have enough approval. I want more power. I want a better social standing. These are external motivations. But purpose comes when you're... Motivation starts being internal motivation, which is the desire to engage in activities because we value those activities and we know that those activities will produce real satisfaction. This internal motivation produces more energy and more inspiration. Have you ever noticed that one of the greatest sources of motivation for people is Money, 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 right? Wouldn't you agree? It's one of the greatest sources for motivation, but it's one of those external sources of motivation. And the reality is that money does not increase satisfaction. This is not just some uh, objective perspective. This is a proven reality. Money don't buy you happiness, right? Right? Because researchers have done research and they have found that there is almost no correlation between income levels and happiness, with the exception of people that are in abject poverty and uh, are starving or persecuted. But once they reach a certain level, it levels out and it doesn't matter how much more you make There's no more happiness associated with it. Isn't that deceitful, though? Most of us think, if I had more money, I would be happy. But there's no increase. In fact, between 1957 and 1990... Anybody alive that whole time? Don't raise your hand. I wasn't. Between 1957 and 1990, what happened is... The per-person income in the United States of America doubled... And that's with adjustments made for inflation. The average person, 1990, makes double. And it's gone up again, I'm sure. Makes double what the average person did in 1957. But during that same time, there was no increase in happiness, yet there was a tenfold advancement in depression. Depression expanded, but happiness did not because you can't find fulfillment and satisfaction from things from the outside or things which can be seen but it's these invisible things these deeply held values that fuel the energy on which purpose is built that gives you energy to live your life that makes you feel like getting up in the morning that w- makes you want to attack your day and be excited about living see there are some values that are important some values that make a difference these are the defining values of the inner person if you want to know what your values are here's a question you can ask what is the most or let me think of it ask this one first think of someone you deeply respect and then describe three qualities in that person that you most admire if you think about that for a minute the person you deeply respect and then describe three qualities in the in that person that you most admire you're going to start defining you're going to start realizing what your true values are or who are you at your best if you think about that who are you at your best then you're going to be defining who your values are maybe you tried this one in school anybody do this one in school where they gave you a piece of paper with a tomb, tombstone drawn on it and on the tombstone, you're supposed to write a one-sentence inscription that you would like to see on your tombstone when you die that would capture who you really were in life. If you think about these things, then you can begin to decide what are the values, what are the inner things that really matter. And if these things are the things that matter, how can I live them out in my real life? instead of just reacting to life, how can I live out the values that really matter to me? And the ability or the capacity to live out these values depends on renewing your inner man or renewing your spirit. Because if you don't learn how to do this, you will not reconnect with these deeply held values and you'll end up living your life based on stimulus From the outside We've got to learn to seek ways To reconnect with the values That are the most inspiring And meaningful In our lives Because when we lack this thing I'm talking about Called spiritual energy The spiritual energy that makes our life go forward We begin to feel hollow And we begin to feel overwhelmed And we begin to feel like we're going to implode But it's when we learn how to connect to deeper values and deeper meaning more than ourselves, amen, that we have meaning in life. If my life is all about how much I can get, if my life is all all about how much I can earn or how happy I can make myself, it's not going to be very long until I will be miserable, But if I can learn to get connected to a deeper value, a deeper sense of meaning that goes beyond myself, then I can live a life of meaning. I'll give you an example of a story of people connecting to a deeper meaning. There's a trading company located in New York City that trades bonds. The name of this company is Cantor Cantor Fitzgerald. What made this company well-known a few years ago is this company had 1,000 employees that occupied four of the top stories of World Trade Center number one. And of course, on September the 11th, 2001, when the planes went into the towers, this company lost two-thirds of its employees, died that day. So out, out of 1,000 people, Over 600 of them perished that day, leaving a little over 300 behind. Not only that, but all of its computer systems, most of the data, all of its records were destroyed and went up in smoke, literally. So it seemed as if this company, Cantor Fitzgerald, was done. And the remaining employees that were left behind were shocked, grief-stricken, and traumatized, as you can imagine. It was a very, very stressful time. They were drained physically and drained emotionally. And it looked like this company was done for. It looked like they were finished. But as they look back and see that this company survived, they realized that there was something special that saved this company and motivated the workforce to keep moving forward. And what it was, was they were able to tap into a compelling sense of purpose. And meaning because a couple of days after the tragedy the chairman of Cantor Fitzgerald announced that 25% of any profits that this company made over the next five years would go directly to the families of those employees who had lost their lives so the 600 who had died any Profit that the company made 25% would go to the families of these people their friends Co-workers who had perished this decision by the chairman Effectively mobilized the remaining employees to fight for a purpose that was beyond themselves If it's just about me if it's just about my satisfaction If it's just about taking care of my needs, if it's just about how I look in the world and what people think of me, that kind of motivation is going to lose steam really quick. But these people decided that this was a purpose beyond themselves and they were drawn together by a shared tragedy and by the challenges ahead. It created a fierce level of dedication among these workers who worked 12 and 16 hour days week after week after week because what happened is they discovered untapped emotional resources that were there. Patience that they didn't used to have. Compassion that they didn't used to have They were willing to work long hours Without complaining Because they tapped into a shared vision And a commitment to a mission That was larger than oneself Even though it wasn't a prayer meeting Or a Christian spiritual thing It was a spiritual thing Because somehow they were able to connect To a deeper meaning than themselves Amen, Amen. Let me tell you something about The expenditure Of spiritual energy as a Christian, as a child of God, as a spirit-filled believer. Is that when you expend spiritual energy. Oftentimes you also experience renewal as well. They happen together, they're intertwined and they tend to occur simultaneous. For example, a spiritual activity. That reconnects us with our values. This t- I don't know if you're getting this or not, but uh, but this really got a hold of me. This is what prayer does for us. Is that we're all wrapped up in everything. You know what I'm saying? We're just so busy and distracted and and from from God and focused on all the things that seem so ridiculously important, right? In our lives, it's our 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 uh, our mortgage. And, investments and taking care of this and making sure all this is covered and we're just like stretched to the max physically trying to get everything done but what happens is when we stop for a few moments and pray all of a sudden our values begin to realign because if you go three weeks without praying you don't have a spiritual mind. Amen? If you go three weeks without reading the Word of God, these spiritual activities or spiritual disciplines that take spiritual energy, but at the same time renew spiritual energy, if we're not doing that, then we are getting further and further disconnected from our true value system. The things that really move us. The things that are really important to us. The things that really matter to us. We get far removed from them through all the activities and the energy and all the concerns. Not that we're doing bad things or sinful things. It's just that we're getting disconnected from our value system. But when we pray, And when we come to the house of the Lord, and when we truly begin to worship the Lord, we get reconnected to those deeply held values of the things that are important. Amen. Amen. Because you leave the office after a hard day's work, and you've been looking online at your bank account, and you've been flipping through the bills. You walk out of the office, and all you can think about is, how am I going to be taken care of? What am I going to do to meet my needs? You're not concerned about the well-being of other people around you. You're not moved with a heart of compassion about what's happening around you. You're not concerned as to whether or not the church has revival or the world goes to hell. You're concerned about yourself. But when you step out of the busyness and stop for a few minutes and begin to pray, all of a sudden the things that really matter inside of you are reconnected to you. Amen. The things that really matter, those deep held values uh, begin to reconnect with us. When we spend time in prayer, so we're expending energy, spiritual energy, but at the same time, we're being renewed. We're being renewed. And I've always said, from the time that I was a teenager, one of the most inspiring things that a person can do is to teach a Bible study. Teach a home Bible study. To sit down with someone across the table, share the Word of God with them for a few moments, answer their questions... Pray with them And when you're done You've invested 45 minutes To an hour Plus preparation time Maybe you've invested two hours But you get up And you walk out of there I used to carry a big uh, Search for truth chart That didn't fit all the way I kind of carried it like this Because it wouldn't fit all the way under my arm Carry that big thing out of there And I felt like I was walking on a cloud I was so excited and so inspired and felt so anointed and the reason is it was a spiritual exercise that reconnected me to the things that are really important to the values that i truly hold amen anybody ever had that experience before during a worship service you come in and you are so far removed from the things of god your mind is so somewhere else not just your mind but your whole value systems out of whack but you come into a worship service And you let go and, and you begin to praise God And you take a few minutes to focus your energy on the things of God And before long you begin to feel His presence moving And your tears begin to flow And your hands are raised And you begin to shake under the power of the Holy Spirit And all of a sudden things begin to get realigned inside of you Things begin to change And your value system begins to turn about See what's happening is you're renewing the inward man Whether you're praying or working for God or ministering to people or uh, spending time in the presence of God through worship or listening to the word of God there is an adjustment that's happening a spiritual renewal where you're being reconnected with values that matter to you And this is the definition of spirituality even if you're not a Christian that's what it means, it means to reconnect with values deep held set of values this is what spiritual exercises and spiritual activities will do activities that serve others activities that deepen our compassion tend to at the same time inspire us and reconnect us to a sense of purpose and deepest values i love to get text messages from brother rick and uh, i remember a couple of weeks ago he text messaged me about four times in a row because he said i just felt led of the spirit today to go out to the store and put up the sign uh, that says uh, we're receiving donations for needy families um, but our donation is food if you're going in to buy food buy something a little extra and drop it off so I just felt led of the spirit to go buy and do it wasn't scheduled I just went and did it and uh, so he was there and I think they got three or four grocery baskets full of donations there was one lady uh, Brother Rick, just tell the story of that, that one lady that went in and she got all, all uh, emotional and so forth.
1: you remember. Okay, yeah, I can, I can, I can try to remember. Um, she, uh, a lady came up and she asked, oh, You know, who, you, who are you? Why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I told her, and then she said, Okay, thank you. And she walked back to her car. So I figured, Okay, it's, you know, a lot of people ask things and you know, they, they don't have time. And then she ended up going. But somehow she got past me. And that market only has one entrance. And I was looking at everybody. And the next thing I realized is she comes out and she's pushing a basket. And then she goes, Here you go. And I said, Excuse me? Because most people, they, they're pushing their basket out and they'll say, and they're going to reach into their basket and they'll pull, pull out a couple little bags or something. And she goes, No, here you go. It's, it's all for you. And I said, The whole basket was filled. She specifically went back into the market. She was probably in there for half an hour, 45 minutes. She went out of her way. She bought almost everything on the list. And I looked at her. She looked at me, and I said, oh, my God. I could hardly speak. Uh, my, My eyes filled up with water, with tears. She was looking at me with tears, and I said, I don't even know what to tell you. I said, all I can tell you is... God is going to bless you so much for what you've just done. And then she looked at me, and we had us—we were just both looking at each other. We were like trapped in this moment. And then she says, you want to know why I'm doing this? Um, when I was uh, eight or nine years old, my mother and my father uh, lost their jobs. And we had no food in our home. And the people in the church got together, and they with the people in the neighborhood, and every week they would drop food off at our house. She says, and until my parents got back to work, this is what they did. They took care of us. And she said, and I've always looked for one reason, or something I wanted to give back. And she goes, and then when I saw this, she goes, I had to do it. And that definitely was God. God, that that was that whole process from the beginning to the end was God, uh, and it was just so amazing. At the end of the day, I was putting things away, and um, I'm getting ready to take off, and I hear this little voice. goes, "Excuse me, sir, sir." And I turn around, and there's this lady, and she's coming towards me, and she goes, "If you can hold on a minute, I got a little bag of food." And I said, "All right." So then I waited for her, and she came up to me, and then we started talking, and she said. Um, Oh, what, what church are you with? And then I told her, and she goes, Oh, I'm I'm Christian too. But she goes, I've just been kind of moving around. We really haven't gone, and and I'm looking for a place for my daughter uh, to go to for uh, a youth group. So we spoke, and then she goes, Um, what kind of church is it? And I said, It's oh, Christian. It's Pentecostal. And she goes, Oh, the Holy Spirit, huh? You believe in the Holy Spirit? Ah, uh, there's my in. Okay, well let me tell you. And I told her that my my whole walk being Catholic, and right in my face believing it. And she looked at me, and she goes, oh, my God. She said, you're telling me the truth, or I I can feel it. Because she believed in the Holy Spirit, but the speaking of tongues, that's what it was. It was the speaking of tongues. And she says, you're telling me the truth, aren't you? I said, I am telling you the truth. If it had not happened to me, I don't know what I could tell you. But I can tell you right now, it is real. The Spirit's real. God is real. um, And just you and I talking is, is evidence of it. And I, she eventually will make her way down here, but I, I I just thank the fact that God has given me the ability to be able to do this. That that's it. That's just that's just the bottom line. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's
0: it, the interesting thing about spiritual exercise is by doing something like that, not all, he's expending. In a sense, spiritual energy, but he he is renewed as well. This is what happens when you pray. Anybody ever got down to praying? You didn't feel like praying? Can we be honest? It's like, uh, it's like uh, I'm gonna do this thing. I know I should do this thing. And then all of a sudden, while you get to praying, all of a sudden you begin to feel inspired. And, 45 minutes later, you're like, I, that's the best decision I've made in a couple weeks. I feel inspired. I feel built up. I feel renewed. I feel excited. Amen. And whenever you do something that goes beyond yourself, that's connected to a larger meaning. Are you guys getting this point? It's connected to more than just me. It's about helping other people. It's about moving in part of the kingdom of God. It's about being connected to God's purpose, whether it's collecting food for hungry people or feeding people or giving money to missions that you could have spent on yourself, Uh, being a part of something bigger. When you do that, it's a spiritual exercise, and what it does is it renews and gives you energy and reason to get out of bed in the morning and gives you a reason to fight and a reason to live uh, and a reason to be inspired, amen? Amen. You live your whole life for yourself, and you have no reason to be inspired amen Amen. praise god so in order to find meaning and purpose you got to look beyond yourself look beyond your needs and beyond your wants and become a part of something larger than you that's making a difference expanding spiritual capacity requires subordinating my needs and my wants for something beyond my self-interest And what happens is if I'm self-absorbed, it ultimately drains my energy and impedes my performance. Spiritual energy comes when I connect to something bigger than myself. The commitment to live according to our deepest held values creates a more stable center in our life. There's a, a man who I've read many quotes from him over the years. He was a psychologist. His name's Viktor Frankl. Anybody heard of Viktor Frankl? The thing that's fascinating about this guy is that he survived a concentration camp in World War II, a Nazi concentration camp. Saw many, many people die during the most ridiculous conditions that a person could ever live in. And this is a cool quote. I'm going to see if you guys are sh- uh, uh, smart. You can catch this. He says, He who has a why to live can bear almost any. How. Mm. Anything they have to go through, they can bear if they have a reason for living if they have a purpose to their life, if they're connected to something deeper than paying the mortgage and something more important than making sure that I have enough money for clothes and something more significant. All these things we have to take care of, but there's got to be a deeper meaning, and that only comes through renewing the inner man, through spiritual exercises and spiritual focus. And uh, in order to reconnect with our values, we've got to recognize that we live in two very different worlds. We live in an outer world and we live in an inner world as well this outer world that the Bible talks about the outward man is perishing it lives in a public world that's easy to deal with visible expandable my outer world includes things like work and play and possessions and relationships and I evaluate my outer world in terms of success and wealth beauty popularity But the inner world, the inner world, the spiritual world, is the center. It's the command center where choices are made and values are determined. Some of us, we're really good at managing our public world that everybody can see. But the private world inside is often unexplored. It's full of emotions, full of surprises, full of dreams. But we just want to take care of what everybody sees and we don't take time to look after the part of us that makes really a different a difference. see it's easy to ignore our inner world and our inner man because it doesn't cry out to us when it's ignored it doesn't shout out when it gets neglected however though if our inner man is ignored eventually we begin to hollow out not literally. But in a figurative sense, your, your outer man, your outer world, the things that everybody can see, your public world, you make sure it looks good. But when you violate your values and when you don't pay attention to your inner man, it's like, almost like erosion that your values, your character, the things, integrity, the things that matter, the values that matter to you begin to just wash away or erode until you are nothing but a shell. And you put yourself in a position, a dangerous position, amen, a position where you're just uh, a fake or a hypocrite. And that which is seen on the outside is is in good shape but the inside has been ignored and eventually it leads to a sinkhole or a cave-in. Sometimes in Florida they'll have that where there's been an underwater or underground uh, source of water flow that dries up and then all of a sudden people walk out of their front yard and there's a big hole in the ground. Anybody heard of that before, the sinkhole? Sometimes this can happen to us If we focus on the outer man, make sure it's okay. But there's no attention paid to the inner man. Oscar Wilde said at one point, he said, I'm no longer captain of my soul. I've got the outside taken care of, but I've no longer stayed in control of the inner man. He was saying, in essence, my inner man is is in shambles. And even as Christians, even in ministry, we can become so focused on what everybody can see and so public world oriented that we ignore the private side until it's too late or almost too late. Now I can see what I can see, but the question I have today as pastor, as I stand before you is how are you doing spiritually? How is your inner man Are you taking time regularly to order your inner life and make sure it's well with your soul? And you may say, Pastor, when in the world am I going to have time to do that? I've got work piled up. I've got all these things to do. But the reality is if you take care of the outer man and the public and the visible and you ignore the inner man, you're headed for a disaster. You can become a sinkhole, like I mentioned, unless you gaze inwardly and ask this question. Is there a private world beneath the noise and the action that's at the surface? Is there something below that needs to be explored and maintained? The question today, brothers and sisters, is, is it well with your soul? Because the outer world puts so much pressure on us, so much pressure that if there is no attention paid to the inner man, he will eventually implode. Anybody ever wondered before? Why seemingly great men just fold? You've seen it before. Great men, great women. Everything looks great. They got a great public image and all of a sudden, boom, overnight. Yeah, you've seen it in the news. You've seen it in public. You've had friendships, closer people that you've watched. It's like, what in the world just happened? You know what I'm talking about? Why? Because... Was focus on the outward man, neglect to the inward man. Focused on self, neglecting values that put put attention on things bigger than us. That's what happens when you put your attention on the outward man, which is perishing, and not focus on the inward man. I I love the Bible verse in in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. This is the last verse. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Says this. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What this Bible verse is saying is that your heart or your inner man is a spring. When it says issue, it's talking about like a spring, like. Old faithful like the geyser like a a spring that bubbles up said keep your heart With all diligence because out of your heart is an issue of life and out of your heart or your inner man can flow energy and insight and force. Uh, Your strength comes from your heart. Uh, Your your inspiration comes from the inner man. The Bible is saying guard your heart because out of that flows everything that gives you strength and stamina and energy. It's from the inner man. Guard that inner man and it will become a wellspring of life from which others can drink as well amen i don't want my life to just take care of me but i want a life that's an inspiration to others and having a good well-ordered external life is going to give inspiration to no one but if my heart is a well spring because i guard it and take care of it and order my inward man amen praise god then it can be something that makes a difference to other people when it says guard it means to protect from influences on the outside That might jeopardize its integrity. Saying in essence. Choose to keep the heart. Because. The health of your heart. Or your inner man. And the productivity of your inner man. You can't just assume it's okay. You got to keep it. Keep it with all diligence. Watch your heart. Guard your heart. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says we. Are transformed by the renewing of our mind, and if we order our inner world so that it will radiate influence into the outer world, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind or your inner man so that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Something's going to shine forth. If you've got the inner man taken care of, it'll show on the outside. Praise God. Order our inward man so that it will radiate influence in the outer world. When we neglect our private world, when we neglect spiritual disciplines we permit the outer influences to shape us this is a choice we make every day of our lives amen praise the lord amen the question tonight the question tonight is is it well with your soul 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 The only way it can be well with your soul is if you make it a priority in your life to make sure that your inward man is taken care of. God, I don't want to get to the place in my life where everybody else thinks good of me except me. Where I put on a good facade and everybody thinks I'm great, but inwardly, Inwardly, I don't have the kind of relationship with God that I need. See, that was the problem with the Pharisees. The Bible said they cleaned the outside of the bowl, but the in part was full of filth. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to be what God wants me to be, I want His will to be accomplished in my life. And when we pray, they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength, they mount up with wings like an eagle. Something happens when we reconnect to our values and to our purpose in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand together right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Amen. Have you ever wondered why we don't pray? (laughs) Ever wondered that? I mentioned on Sunday, you know, it'd be great if every person in the church would make an effort to either make it for prayer on Wednesday or Monday. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of who came, but the reality is there's a lot of other things that seem like they're more important a lot of other things that are more pressing than to take a few minutes to slow down and say, okay, God, I want to reconnect with you. I want to hear from you again. I want to feel your presence and your anointing. I want you to speak to me again. And Everything else seems more important. Everything else takes priority at times in our lives. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. And I think, I, think, I, think, I think God's trying to get something through to me. And maybe he's only talking to me. But the thing he's trying to get through to my mind is this right here. The thing he's trying to get through to me is you can spend all the energy that you want to pursuing your dreams, trying to give everybody the impression that everything's cool. Trying to give everybody the impression that things are right. But the reality is, if you take a few minutes with me huh, that'll do a whole lot more towards your dreams being accomplished and his will being done in my life is to spend a few moments alone with the Lord in prayer I feel like I've been very clumsy tonight in an effort to communicate what's in my heart but I want to sing this song before we leave today and, and I want us to For just a moment, reconnect with what really matters in our life. Because I know we've got a busy schedule tomorrow. We've got tests. We've got things that are happening in our kids' lives. And and all these things that are so important that we've got to take care of. And we're like, hyped up, pumped up, ready to run. Like, come on, let me out of here. It's like, I'll shoot out of here. Like I was shot out of a cannon. And in the meantime, the Lord's given us this opportunity just to stop and pause for a moment in His presence. When we come out, we have energy and motivation, excitement, inspiration. We feel like life has meaning because we're reconnected to something that really matters. Something that will make a difference in our lives. I love this old song that we used to sing. I don't know if you've even heard it before. But it just simply says this.
2: Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this world Will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace So turn your eyes upon Look full in, in his, his wonderful face. face, and the things of this world will grow strange. I love you Jesus look full in- more time. Let's sing it together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. So turn turn your your eyes eyes upon strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace thank
0: you Jesus for this chance to gather together with your people Lord God to spend a few moments Lord Jesus in your presence reconnecting to what really matters thank you for your word Jesus Thank you for the value, Lord God, of being able to be a part of the kingdom of God and realize that no matter how much money I earn, the house that I live in one day is going to be burnt up in a fervent smoke and the car that I work so hard to own is going to be in a junk pile someday. All the things that I put my energy in are only temporal, they're only going to last for a while, but the things that I can't see those spiritual things on the inside Lord God have eternal value Lord Jesus and thank you Lord God that we could pour ourselves into things that matter while we take care of the outward man and take care of the things of this world God let us reconnect through spiritual exercises to the things that matter through our worship through our prayer Lord God through our relationship with you Lord God hallelujah give us the energy and the fire and the anointing don't let us be forced to get it from outside but let it stem from within us let it bubble forth like a geyser let our heart Lord Jesus be a wellspring of life as we pay attention to it and focus on our inward man and give it time I pray in the name of Jesus thank you for your presence and your goodness and mercy in Jesus name we pray everyone said amen let's thank God for his word right now thank you Jesus Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.